You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headsets or earbuds or whatever you use to listen to this podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. I'm back for another day as much as sometimes I I wonder <laughs> because last night was another just stellar, wonderful, mesmerizing Blue Jays performance in a 4-0 loss to the Tampa Bay Rays, who are proving it's not just Tropicana Field where they can vex Toronto. Uh, it it's tough to find good things to talk about in a performance like that, but we're going to try. Uh, we are going to have a preview of tonight's game with Aaron Sanchez on the mound against Tyler Glass now, which is a lot more even than I think people thought it would be at the start of the season. We'll discuss that later on. And we'll also discuss the plans for some of these youngsters that have been recalled from Buffalo now that we have a full slate to talk about. We'll discuss that, but we do have to start with last night's game, that 4 nothing yawn, the collective yawn that the Blue Jays put up. And it was just another instance where the offense was absolutely ineffective. And... Well, let, let's start with the good. Let's get let's get some good things out of the way. A nice bounce-back start for Ryan Barucki last night. Through six innings, two earned runs. You can argue that it's one earned run because he plunked Kiermaier in the seventh, and then Kiermaier got erased on a ground out. So really, all three runs probably should have been Jake Petrica's, but whatever. Barucki's pitched more innings. He can shoulder that load. Barucki looked good last night. He was He was relatively in control. He didn't start getting wild until about the sixth inning. He was putting his pitches in there for strikes. 25 strikes without contact last night, which is a really good number for Barucki. So, he looked very good. He looked like an MLB starter last night, which is not something you've been able to say about a lot of Blue Jay starters lately and the starts they put out, including Barucki. So, very nice to see him go out there and deliver a solid performance, a quality start performance. And, you know, the the other pitchers, we're going to talk about them in the second half. Well, we're not going to talk about Jake Petrica anymore because Jake Petrica is, he is teetering on the edge. Um, we will see if Petrica has done enough to earn a shot with the club next year, but I, I'm not sure if he has. He's looked good at times, but he's looked like really hittable at times. And last night was one of those really hittable times. So we won't be talking about him. Instead, we are going to focus on this Blue Jays offense that again is proving it cannot handle change. And I don't mean change in the lineup. I mean change in the pitching staff. Yet again, what essentially turned out to be a bullpen game for the Tampa Bay Rays, seven different pitchers used. 
the longest being Jalen Beeks, who went two and three thirds innings, and it should have gotten him the win. I don't know why Hunter Wood got the win, but whatever, I'm not the official scorer as much as I would like to be. But no, once again, the Blue Jays just have a melange of problems trying to deal with all these pitchers coming out, all these fresh pitchers. And this has been part of Tampa Bay's strategy with these openers and these bullpen games. No one threw more than 31 pitches last night for the Rays. And that's, one, a sign that, you know, it was continual bullpen management. But when you're continuously letting pitchers get out of a frame in 10 innings or less, or 10 pitches or less, that's a sign you're not doing things right. It's a sign you're not making them work. You're not tiring them out. You're not trying to work the pitcher. Instead, you're just getting caught up in yourself and jumping on them. And it's been a continuing problem with this Blue Jays offense. And it's resulted in two games where they combined for seven hits, only one of them for extra bases. And that was Devin Travis's leadoff double last night, which Blue Jays did absolutely nothing with. But it, it's just frustrating. And it's it's like watching... a a person bang their head against a concrete wall intending to knock it down and put it in a balcony. It just doesn't work. It's the definition of insanity and they keep going out there and doing it. And it's just been dreadful to try and watch. There was absolutely no production from anyone in that lineup last night. And, you know, there are some players who you can be like, well, Danny Jansen's young. Well, Teoscar Hernandez swings at everything, but you want to see some kind of fight. You want to see some kind of effort. Like, Kevin Pillar, in four at-bats last night, where he didn't strike out, four at-bats last night, saw a total of nine pitches. Swung at eight of them. Eight of them were strikes. Just just absolutely remarkable how, how none of the Blue Jays want to make a pitcher pitch. They're just like, I'm going to hit whatever you throw, and we'll see what happens. And a lot of time, it's a ground out or a pop-up because they're swinging at pitches they shouldn't be swinging at. And it just gets incredibly frustrating to watch. And it's a big part of the Blue Jays' struggles at the plate. This is a, They left five runners on base. They managed to get five runners. None of them came in. They were 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. They're 1 for 11 in the series with runners in scoring position. And even if you look deeper into the Blue Jays lineup, it's no mystery to why they are having such issues bringing players home. Um, If you look at their split statistics coming into uh, today's game against Tampa, they have some of the worst middle-of-the-order production in the league. And, And that's... That's not including the clean- cleanup spots actually been a bright spot for this Blue Jays lineup. When Kendris and Smoke and Grichik are in that number four slot, they have 35 home runs, 90 RBIs. They're batting 275. That, that's a very productive slot for the Blue Jays, the most productive slot for the Blue Jays. But if you look immediately after that to numbers five and six in the order, and these are the usual resting spots of Kevin Pillar, of Russell Martin, and lately of Teoscar Hernandez, and it's been an absolute hole. It's a donut lineup. 
Batters hitting in the fifth slot for the Blue Jays are batting 225 on the season. Not acceptable. They're, they have an on-base percentage of 286. Just absolutely abysmal. Those are number nine numbers, not number five numbers. And it gets even worse in the number six slot, usually Russell Martin's slot. 207 batting average on the season from there. 301 on base, which is slightly better. But the slugging percentage from a number six hitter in that slot is just 346. Absolutely unacceptable. And hopefully this does get better next year when Vlad comes in and results in Justin Smoke not having to hit second in the order and Kendris Morales not having to hit third. And maybe some of these guys get knocked back a little bit. And maybe some moves are made to adjust that lineup. But this this is a huge part of the problem for the Blue Jays, just the inability to get production out of the middle of that lineup. And that's something that has to be addressed in the offseason, whether it is with the Vlad Jr. call-up or with a free agent signing. And we'll actually talk about a couple of those in a sec, because I, I do have a couple ideas for that. But first, just want to let you know that college football season is underway. Miami looked bad. Texas looked bad. Florida State looked bad. But the Lockdown Network looks good because it's expanding with college shows, including on those Florida State Seminoles. We have Locked On Seminoles coming this week. We have Locked On Buckeyes coming this week. And for those of you who want to get your Jim Harbaugh hate on, Locked On Wolverines is coming out this week all about Michigan. So you get to, you know, dis- uh, discuss your displeasure with the khaki pants. So that joins a roster that already includes Locked On Ducks, Nittany Lions, Bears, Crimson Tide, Kentucky Wildcats, Razorbacks, Volunteers, BYU Cougars, a litany of shows. So be sure to find your favorite college show on on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you get locked on to your college team of choice. All right, so just got on a bit of a tangent there. I, I said there were ideas for potentially filling out that 5-6 hole for the Blue Jays next season. And this is already a popular topic among Blue Jays writers. Jonah Carey already put um, a piece out on Sportsnet, which really, Freddie Galvis, no... No, not interested in him. But I do have one plan that I can put forward and and offer up maybe as a free agent signing. Because the big thing is, like, Blue Jays have money coming off the books. Marco Estrada's contract is over. Obviously, they're not spending $23 million on Josh Donaldson next year, which, shock. And... I'm not sure the buyout on Russell Martin, but Russell Martin could be a buyout candidate at the right price. But still, it creates a vacuum for the Blue Jays on what they want to spend that money on. And there are a couple options, one of which is finding potentially a short-term right fielder to maybe buttress Teoscar Hernandez because Teoscar has looked lost in the second half of the season. He is swinging at everything and he probably would benefit from another season at Buffalo. Again, akin to what Devin Travis had earlier this season. I don't think a lot of fans would be upset with that. So if you roll out with a 
with an outfield of McKinney, Pilar, and Grichuk next year, I don't think a lot of people would be upset. But then there's a question of where is this team going to improve if it's trying to improve? If you've written off 2019, you're not spending any money anyway. So what are you really doing? So that that's one path that the Blue Jays front office can take. But if it is looking to improve while you know, potentially giving some playing time to McKinney and Anthony Alford. Maybe an option would be to move Kevin Pillar, you know, create another 40-man roster slot, because that that was a big thing that was hinted on Shai Davidi's column yesterday, yesterday. Because there's there are a few 40-man guys who need to be protected. Hector Perez, Jordan Romano, Jacob Wagspak, Corey Copping, Forrest Wall, Harold Ramirez, who was already on the 40-man, but he would still be exposed in, in the Rule 5 draft. So there are some arms that do need to be protected. But for the Blue Jays, they... They're working on on trying to trying to fill that gap, and we we already said that Marco Estrada may have played himself out of a contract with the Blue Jays next year, and they may look at you know a ch- a cheaper arm just to kind of fill the gap because like the Yankees are going to go after Patrick Corbin, Jay Happ shouldn't be signing with this team, but maybe a Gio Gonzalez turns into that option for them at a cheaper price if he's let go by Milwaukee. So. There's that option, but then there could potentially be an option where if the Blue Jays are able to create space in the outfield and maybe go with Randall Gritchuk in center field, there's an option to sign a guy who might have a little more value and be able to shore up some of the problems of that number five and number six spot, which is an inability to make contact and an inability to drive in runs. And one of the more interesting names I saw available and this is just me checking spot track really quick it's not carlos gonzalez we talked about carlos gonzalez enough but someone who may be available on one of those kind of delayed deals is arizona's aj pollock who has had a lot of problems with injury but might be amenable to a one-year 12 million dollar deal or something like that just to make sure he reestablishes his value because because uh, two years ago, he had that broken elbow and just completely wrecked him. He's been all right this season. He's batting 262, 16, RB, or 16 home runs, 54 RBIs, scoring a lot of runs. Or, like, he's, he's doing damage in that Arizona lineup. He has an OPS of 800, which would be pretty good in this Blue Jays lineup. Uh, it would be third. Yeah, either third or fourth, depending on who's playing. And one is Billy McKinney. So the only regular that has Pollock beat is Justin Smoke. So Pollock would slot in pretty well. And if you move out Kevin Pilar, or you say, Teoscar, you're you're in Buffalo, whatever. Then you slot Pollock in, and, and you can rest Pollock if you are worried about injuries, because you could still have that, that McKinney, Alford, Pollock, Grichuk kind of outfield combo and you you can make that work and if Pollock reestablishes his value that's great if Alford 
proves himself ready to take over center field, that's great too, because then you can just ship Pollock off to a contending team at the deadline and get more prospects if that's what you want to do in a rebuilding year. It A one-year deal like that for a player of that caliber would probably benefit both parties. It, it's similar to what we said about Josh Donaldson, really, that you might as well take the qualifying offer and just go for it. But he doesn't really fit in with the Blue Jays you know, wanting to build a team and, you know, play Vlad Jr. next year, probably in mid-April because, you know, contracts. But Pollock would be an interesting add for both the near pre- near present future. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a term. But in the, in the near term, he would be a, a boon both at the plate and in the clubhouse. And then... Again, like Curtis Granderson this year, if you're falling from contention, trade him off. If you're in contention, maybe he resigns, and and depending on how Alfred's coming along, maybe you move him anyway. Either way, that's the kind of deal that the Blue Jays are going to be looking for, those flexible one-year deals that will still allow them to either deal off for prospects or, you know, potentially... If they get like an Atlanta-style turbo boost, contend. I don't think they're going to get that with the pitching they have. Which we will talk about tonight's pitcher right after this. But first, it is crunch time for fantasy football. I don't know if you saw the U.S. Open, but even tennis players who just knock off living legends are thinking about fantasy football. John Millman trying to determine whether he drafts Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell while he's discussing beating Roger Federer. So it's always time to think about fantasy football. And the Locked On Podcast Network is delivering what you need. It's got a brand new fantasy football show called Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. It will give you the latest trends, the hot roster moves, and tell you where to get the advantage. Plus, they have Ethan Turner, who's an injury expert. He can tell you who's going to sit, who's going to start, where the weaknesses are to give you the edge to win your matchup. Because that's what Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 is about. It's here to help you win your league. And you want to win your league and get that money. So give it a listen. Okay, so we mentioned tonight Aaron Sanchez is back on the mound. He's going against Tyler Glass now, which Tyler Glass now will last like three innings. Or maybe he'll go five like he did on August 12th against Toronto, which was fun. But Aaron Sanchez... Again, he has to prove that he can pitch. And that's that's not a great thing to say about your cornerstone 25-year-old starter, but it's a road that the Blue Jays have been down before, and it's a bit worrying to watch Aaron Sanchez come back from his DL stint after slamming his finger in a suitcase and give up 11 runs in 8 and a third innings. Not productive for anyone involved. And it's... It's just a matter of him just getting knocked around the park. He keeps using that changeup of his, and it's not fooling anyone, and it just goes all over the place. I feel like I'm repeating myself on this one, but... So, Aaron Sanchez has to go out there and actually use his pitches to the best of his ability and not be afraid of injuring himself. At this point, it doesn't matter. Just regain your confidence, regain your ability to throw that fastball where you want it, regain the ability to use your breaking stuff 
and and make pitchers miss because they're they're sizing up that changeup. They it's not fooling anyone. It's not got any movement on it. And I keep coming back to it because it just baffles me that Aaron Sanchez repeatedly throws that changeup when it's a worthless pitch. And I'm sorry that I went there, but it's a worthless pitch, Aaron. Get a better pitch in the offseason, but go back to what made you successful. Go back to what made you a 15-2 and two pitcher in 2016. Go out there and throw your fastball for strikes. Throw your breaking stuff. Get batters chasing on it. And maybe you'll have more than four strikeouts in two games. And maybe that'll get you the contract that Scott Boris wants. Because I I don't know what you think you're going to get at this rate. But if you keep throwing that changeup out there, it's going to be Jaime Garcia money. And I don't mean the $8 million that he got from the Blue Jays at the beginning of the season. I mean the minor league deal that he just signed with the Cubs. That's what you're going to get, Aaron, if you keep keep avoiding what made you good. I know, I know the finger's an issue, but you have to be able to use it, and you have to be able to go out there and, and throw fastballs for strikes and throw cutters for strikes. That's what... Aaron needs to do to be a fact. That's what he needs to do to get Malik Sanchez out for the first time in his career. Found that out in five plate appearances. Malik Smith has an on-base percentage against Aaron San- Sanchez of 1,000. Three walks, two singles. But, no. The, the whole point of the rest of the year is to see what the Blue Jays of 2019 can be. And Aaron Sanchez right now isn't showing a strong case to be an ace. For the Blue Jays next year. Not a strong enough case to be a starter. Like all, all this talk that Ryan Miller has had. About shifting Ryan Barucki to bullpen. Do you start having that conversation with Aaron Sanchez? I don't know. I don't know. But if he's going to continue to go out there and look this dreadful. Against like opponents like okay Philadelphia. Yeah that's a good team. But Miami. Miami. You let the Marlins work you over, make it so that they have to come back in the in the ninth inning with a Justin Smoke Grand Slam because you can't throw strikes. Just absolutely baffling. And like that that's the rest of the year for Aaron Sanchez. Fie on your finger. Figure out what you need to do to get back to throwing the breaking stuff successfully. There, there's no other point to it. Not don't bother with this changeup until you have figured out some way to get like some movement on it or to get better control on it so it's not being left out over the plate and just getting whacked all over the park. That's that's the key, Aaron, to the rest of the year. Use your fastball. Use your breaking stuff. That's it. All you need to do. And it will be a much better performance tonight, hopefully, if you do that. Much better performance today on the Locked On Blue Jays podcast. I, I feel... Like, I, I was stronger today, and I came with the fastball. I came with the breaking stuff about the lineup. So I feel good. I feel good about today. So if you share my opinions or want to tell me how wrong I am, you can do so on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. Always up for conversation on there. Follow this podcast at Locked on Jays. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Subscribe to it on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify and tell your friends about it. If you think what I'm saying is the straight truth and it's stuff that people need to hear, tell your friends. Tell them, hey, 
you need to listen to this person. They got some really good ideas, and they occasionally go on tangents about, you know, McDonald's and uh, tooth surgery. That that seems to be my calling card this month. And you know, Fan Friday's coming up. I know I've been stalling on the Fan Friday from two weeks ago. I will fix that this week. I think we're gonna do like a a double up. So we'll do the two weeks ago Fan Friday on Friday, and then another Friday edition for for y'all. And I know there will be some strong feelings because Thursday is Josh Donaldson's return. So we're gonna talk about that tomorrow. And I'm sure y'all have a bunch to say about it. So I'm looking forward to getting your your crystallized feelings on that so we can put it on the Locked On podcast for everyone to enjoy. Because that's the point of this show is is to try and make something that everyone can enjoy. And that's what I that's what I do. I do it for you all. So for everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Blue Jays, this is Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.